It's a good thing. So, All right, we're going to be in the book of 1 John, one of my favorite books. I think they're all my favorite books in the Bible. But 1 John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, we're going to look at that and uh, just look at some things out of this passage to help us today. Uh, hopefully uh, this will be practical to help us in our Christian walk. If not, you get your money back. No. <laughs> uh, they're uh, guaranteed when you look at Scripture, they'll speak to your heart today. But First uh, John chapter 3, you want to look at verses 1 through 10. And uh, let's all stand as we read uh, God's Word here as we begin in verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure." Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. And if ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is, is no sin, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. For he that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, and the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen for that. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested, the children of the devil. Uh, whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Verse 11 says, For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We'll stop right there. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the time to get together and just to, uh, enjoy your word today just to feast upon it we ask you that our hearts will be opened and our mind will be focused in on your message and the holy spirit may speak to us today uh, through the scriptures we also ask you lord that uh, you know every heart condition here in this room uh, lord i pray you'll challenge us today and uh, lord uh, that we may draw closer to you help us to abide in our faith help us to love and lord we also ask you that if there's anyone here who does not know Christ, uh, whether it be here in this building or listening online, God, I pray you convict their heart that they may come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our joy in life is Jesus. Somebody say amen. That's point one, and that's all we need today, all right? Our joy in life comes from who we are in Jesus. Our identity in Christ. And what you find today is it gets so discouraging. And sometimes I want to throw things at the TV set. We see all this uh, hatred and frustration and confusion and uh, things going on. And, and uh, it just, you want to shake your head. What's happening in this world? And what is happening, of course, is sin. 
sin. These are last days. And what we find here today in these last days, people are losing their identity of who they are. I mean, men uh, uh, thinking they can have babies. Do you really think we can have babies? Ladies, do you think us? I mean, if, if men was able to have babies, we wouldn't have any. <laughs> men cannot handle pain. Can I get a witness? All right. But, uh, and we've got uh, uh, sexual identity. People don't know if they're boys or girls and, and, and this and that. We've got all these things going on. People don't know who they are and their purpose in life and their direction in life. And there's confusion and frustration. Uh, and you can be anything you want to be and just uh, write it down on a piece of paper. You could, people are thinking they're cats or dogs. Uh, and uh, let's put a litter box in the schoolroom so that uh, you're child okay that's actually stuff like that happens identity well, that's all part of satan's plan that's part of what satan does oh you can trace it back to the garden of eden where uh, he questions the identity in tempta uh, in the temptation of christ he questioned christ identity if you be the son of god he puts those uh, doubts in our mind he he questions and and uh, and that's it gets us all frustrating, and so it's important that we understand that uh, our joy in life comes when we know who we are in Christ. And the key word, and I think the key word for all of us here today, is the word abiding. Y'all say with me, abiding. Not biting, <laughs> but abiding. Abiding. If you look at 1 John, we have been reading 1 John chapter 3, but go back to verse uh, chapter 2. Verse 28 and 29, uh, John says here, And now little children abide in him, now that speaks of Christ, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be in the shame before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doth righteousness is born of him. There again you see that word abiding. Abiding in who? Jesus. Abiding in him. Abiding is a word that speaks of stamina and strength. It's actually a word that means to dwell. To dwell. In other words, you're, you are abiding in your home. You're a residence. That's your place of... Uh, it's not a place that you're temporarily going through. Where you're at, that is your home. When you say people come home for the holidays or come home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, they come home to perhaps your house, which is the abiding place. It's where you are settled it's where you uh, have grown, your, maybe you, your kids have grown up and, and uh, things like that. And so that word is very uh, important for the Christian us today who knows Christ, that we abide, we abide in Christ. He is our home place. He is our main uh, person in our life to abide in Him. It speaks of a relationship. A relationship. I enjoy going to people's houses. I enjoy visiting. I enjoy eating out with folks. But no place like home. Somebody say amen. And when you invite people over to your home and your house, you are at, it's like a safe place. It's a place where uh, you let your hair down. Some of you have trouble letting your hair down because there is none. But still yet... You are, it's a, a place that you enjoy. People come and it is a home place. And it speaks of relationships. And relationships are always built. Uh, the great relationships should be built at the home. Amen. Abiding, abiding in Christ. Let's turn to John chapter 15. Uh, John chapter 15. 
to abide in Christ is, uh, is, gives us life. He gives us life. John chapter 15, again, the Gospel of John. John is writing here, abide in me. Look at verse 4, excuse me. Abide in me, and I in you. Now Jesus is saying this. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in a vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Couple thoughts here. Uh, when you look at this, abide in me and I in you, it's a two way relationship. That's a two way relationship. Not only are we to abide in Christ, but Christ abides in us. That, that's a good thing to know. And then there's definite fruit here. Do you all see the fruit? There is, we bear fruit, there's much fruit when we abide. And then, the, and then another thought here is we can't go through life without Christ. That's a solid fact, my friend, that we cannot do nothing without Jesus Christ. Jesus is our life. He is our strength. He is our stamina. He is our peace. He is our joy. And as a Christian, if you're trying to go through life without Christ, and believe me, there are Christians that do that, life becomes miserable and defeated. There's no victory there in your life. We need that abiding in our life. To abide in Him and He abides in us. That speaks of our relationship there. Go down to verse 9 in John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now we go back to joy. Remember I mentioned earlier that joy of our life is Christ. Our joy comes from our identity in Christ. Our joy is abiding in Christ. And we find here part of one of the most important things as a Christian, we are to abide in his love. Abide in His love. And so the first thing I want you to think about this morning is His love. His love. We're privileged today because of His love for us. We're privileged today because we are one of the sons of God. It's amazing. Now, look at going back to 1 John now, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Behold. What's that word behold means? Well, it means looky here. It means whoa. See, it's like a big reveal. I know the big thing today is the reveal party. If you're fixing to have a baby, they reveal. Uh, that, uh, one of the jokes about the Chinese balloon is it was uh, they thought it was a reveal party. You know the balloon was going to explode or something, blue or pink. Okay, but anyway, that's a lot of jokes on that. But the reveal—that's it's—it's like surprise. It's like whoa. It's like amazing. And sometimes I've seen one where uh, the reveal party was a a blue and a pink or a blue blue blue. <laughs> okay, we won't go there, but. Nothing like twins, triplets. But behold, 
Behold. And I think when we think about the love of God, when we think about the love of Christ for us, there's nothing that we, we just stand amazed, as the song says, stand amazed at His presence of His love for us. It just, it just overwhelms us of the, of the wonderfulness of the love of God in our life. There's a song back, uh, I'm not sure when it was written, it was a contemporary song back then, but I think it's in the early 2000s, but there's a song that says, Think About His Love. It goes like this. I'll sing the chorus. Think about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace that brought us through. And as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Great is the measure of our Father's love. Anybody remember that song? Okay. Great is the measure of our Father's love. As far as the heavens is high above. I mean, think about His love. I, that, going back to that balloon, it's on all our minds today because <laughs> that's Sunday morning, all right? I mean, what, 61,000 feet, way up there. I mean, you plane couldn't hardly get to it. You can't even get up there. But even farther than that is the measure of our Father's love for us. Keep going, what, 62 miles uh, and then uh, our space begins. But yet, go farther than that. Great is the measure. You cannot measure uh, the heights uh, of what we see. I mean, you cannot measure, okay, that's the top of our universe. You cannot measure. And so it is, you cannot measure the love of God in our life. And I tell you, that is why when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout. And the reason is because we'll be so amazed at His love for us. We don't know what love is, do we? I mean, we sing about what's love got to do. Okay, we won't sing that one. But what does it got? We don't know what love is. Look at here. Uh, Gray, uh, back in First uh, John chapter 3. Let's get back to the Scripture, okay? Behold what manner the love of the Father hath bestowed upon us. And that word bestowed speaks of a lavish love. I mean, overabundant, over the top. Have you ever loved someone way too much? Have you ever wanted someone to love you way too much? Now, I like my wife. I like Kelly. I'll tell this story, Kelly. It's just us here. I liked her so much. When we were dating, I thought I'd get her rose. So I was at a funeral. And I thought, that's a pretty rose on that, on that casket. Everybody else was taking one. And so I took one too. I mean, they said, you want a rose? I said, sure. I said, I'll go and impress my, 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 my future wife. And I brought it home, or brought it home, brought it to her house. I said, here is a rose. Some of y'all looking at me like, what have you done? I thought I was Mr. Romeo. And she said, she knew. Did that come from a funeral? And I had to confess up. And she has never let me forgot that. And so, um, anyway, there's more to this in the story. But, uh, fellas, if you're dating a girl, listen to me very carefully. Do not bring her a rose or flower from a funeral. No. No. That's not how we do it, okay? 
But I like my wife. I like my wife. I give her a rose. Then I love my wife. I give her a bouquet and some chocolate. How many of y'all, you like chocolate, ladies? My wife loves chocolate, okay? I really love my wife. I, I give her a room full of roses, room full of flowers, matter of fact, all the chocolate she could eat on that day, and $500 to TJ Maxx. Now I'm getting y'all's attention. Mm-hmm. Well, what manner of love that Steve Vester has bestowed upon his wife that she should be called Mrs. Vester. I will give her now an eternity full of flowers, chocolates every day, unlimited, low fat, also no carbs, okay? And unlimited spending to TJ Maxx. And not only that, I will wash all the dishes and I will cook all the meals and clean up the messes. Can I get an amen there? You ladies should be going, amen. You men are like, hey, you're getting us into trouble. Yeah, I thought so. But that's the kind of lavish love, over and abundant, over the top. I dare say, I will say she deserves every bit of it. Amen. But we find that's how God has lavished us. I mean, it doesn't make sense when you think of all the things that He has lavished us with, with His love. He bestowed upon us. And here it is, that we should be called the sons of God. This world doesn't know what real love is until it gets a hold of God. And we don't know what real love is until we see Him face to face. And for all eternity, we will be worshiping and praising Him for the love that He is bestowing us from the day I got saved all the way through eternity. Oh, what great a manner of love He has given us. That word love there is agape. We know the word agape, not agape. Agape. It's a sacrificial love. Now this love here, it's a one-way love. In other words, uh, even if you don't love me back, I'm still going to lavish you with that love. It's a sacrificial love. Oh, how could I forget His love? How can I forget His mercies? How could I forget His grace? Oh, that He loved us and loves us. When we stop thinking on His outstanding love for us, then what? here's what happens. That's why, listen now. Everybody listen. Think of His love. Everybody say with me. Think of His love. When we lose sight of His love, we will lose sight of our identity of who we are. For we are in Christ. We are sons of God. I am, if you're a Christian today, say with me. I am... A son of God. Say with me. I am loved by God. I am forgiven by God. We can go on and on and on. Our identity in Christ. We will lose sight of our identity of Christ. Uh, we'll mess us up. Our defeat will come into our life. We will no longer be victorious when we lose sight of the love of God in our life. We'll lose our passion for Christ. Over in Revelations 2, you remember uh, 
Jesus said to one of the churches there, He said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. When we left, leave our first love, uh, uh, we, we, begin, uh, we begin loving someone else or something else. And just like here on earth, uh, if we lose our love of our, our life, we love of our wife, love of our husband, love of our spouse, love, we begin to love someone else. Our love begins to drift. And so it is with the Lord when we stop thinking about the love of Christ, then our love, we will go seeking love somewhere else. And I'm going to sing another song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Some of y'all are going to be singing that going home today. But it is true. It is true. And if you go that, go back to John chapter three, first, first John chapter three. Look at verse uh, verse seven. There are those out there, plenty of seducers. They're trying to buy your attention today, trying to deceive you, trying to draw you. Since you have lost focus of the love of Christ, there's plenty of uh, those out there who are wanting to uh, get your attention. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Let Little children, let no man deceive you. And though that's where it is. That's where it is. There are those out there who seek to deceive us. John chapter 10, verse 10. We know this one. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We have a thief out there. His name is Satan. Works of, works of darkness, works of evil, works of unrighteousness, that's Satan. And he seeks to deceive us. Think about his love. Think about his love. This should excite and ignite our worship today when we think about, just think about the love of God. Get rid of the stinking thinking that's in your mind today and be focused on Jesus and His love for us and our identity of who we really are in Christ. Think about His love. Second thing, if you look at verse 2, we need to think about what we shall be. What we should be. Look at verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. This verse gives me hope. <laughs> gives me a excitement. Gives me a, a hope that uh, we're going to have a new body one day. We're going to look like Jesus. But I want you to notice the first thing it gives us. We need to think about what we shall be, who we are right now. Notice it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Not Tomorrow, not in the future, not eternity, but now. That's who we are right now. Our abundant and eternal life begins right now with Christ. When you ask Christ into your life and you turn your life over to Jesus and that relationship begins, you are now the Son of God. You're now part of the heir to God. In other words, you are His child. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says this, But God who is rich in His mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even as we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. In other words, He made us alive with Christ. 
By grace are ye saved. Y'all believe that? Say amen. If you don't believe that, it doesn't matter. It's true, okay? Verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That's a lot of extra words in there. Great love, exceeding riches. Why would he put that in the Bible? Because he has lavished us and bestowed upon us all his love. Think about his love and think about what we shall be. Now we are the sons of God. We're already seated with Christ in the heavenlies. We already have our our mansion being built right now in glory. We already have our throne place to sit beside Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, this is what we are right now. Think about what we shall be. Well, I hope I make it. I hope I listen. If you accept Christ right now, you are sealed, signed, sealed, and already delivered. According to Scripture, if you don't believe that, you've got the Bible to argue with. We are signed, sealed, and delivered. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're covered by the blood, and friend, I, we are held in His hands. I like the old preacher that said, hey, if, uh, he said, uh, I forgot who used to say this, but he said, uh, if, uh, if, the devil, uh, if the devil could uh, try to get you and make you lost, and he would have to pry open the hands of the Heavenly Father. And he had to break the seal of the Holy Spirit. And he had to walk through the blood of Jesus. And by the time he walked through the blood, he'd be a saved devil. I don't know who said that, but that just uh, reiterates the fact today. We are settled and saved forever with Christ. Already! But one day our salvation will be made sight. Think about it. Think about His love. Think about what we shall be, who we are now, and what we shall be. Verse 2 says this, And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear... We shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Like Him. Like Him. Sinless. Perfect. Love. Like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. What does that mean? In other words, you'll know the real Jesus when you see Him by the nail scars in his hands and his feet and the crown of thorns scars on his head and the the scar in his side where a spear was thrust on that day of crucifixion. You'll know Jesus by the scars on his back. Remember he was whipped with a cat of nine tails. Not just scars. There's not just little bee scars here. His back will carry the scars. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, scars. You know, I'm sure we all got... You all want to see my scar? No, okay, you don't want to see... Kelly's like, no. After heart surgery, you have a... I got a tattoo. I got two tattoos. One here, one here. But uh, for ten bucks, I'll show you after a while. But anyway, it's there. It's there. It will not go away. Well, every time I look at a scar, I, I thank the Lord. For, it's called grace. It's my tattoo of grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Some of you got scars. You know what I'm talking about. 
But Jesus, I think when we see the scars, we won't have the scars, but we see Christ. We'll see Him as He is. And we'll realize His great love for us. Real nail prints. Real scars. Think about what we shall be. This is all a part of abiding. When you get to know, getting to know Jesus. It's more than just getting saved, signing a piece of paper, having a little discipleship class and walking out, just coming once in a while for church and hearing preach. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that you build each and every day. It's almost like it's even better than having church every day. You talk to Him. That's called prayer. Talking to Him. Communicating to Him. I'm sure if you're married, you communicate with your spouse. You talk to your wife or your, or your husband. That, that's a good thing at your house. Amen? That we talk one to another. And so we find it's a, it's a relationship that builds. And as you grow, listen, we grow spiritually. We grow closer to one another. We grow closer to Christ. Think about His love. Think about what we shall be. And think about our love for Him. Now, I would dare say this, if we say here today, uh, how many of y'all love Jesus? We all say a big hearty, Amen. But, do you really love Him? Look at verse 3. Uh, Behold, excuse me, verse 3 says, And every man that hath this hope, now we've been talking about the, uh, bestowing, uh, thinking about His love and and what we shall be, every, everyone, every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. It will cause us and motivate us and stir us to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. The reason why we come to church is because not because we have to, but because we love the Lord. The reason why we go visit someone, share them, about, share, uh, share them uh, the gospel of Christ is because uh, we have to. No, it's because we love the Lord. The reason why we open the Bible and begin to study and read and, and get excited about it is not because we have to or it's part of our tour of duty we've got to mark it off on the list no we do it because we love the Lord we want to know more about the Lord the reason why we treat people kindness and love and, and, and forgiveness the reason why we do all these things is not because we have to because we want to we want to because we love the Lord that's part of abiding Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. It is a real, sincere, clean relationship with Christ. And that is what this world is looking for. And you can get, I can get a witness today. This world is looking for real Christianity. The real deal. They have seen the fake stuff. They've seen the fluff stuff. They've seen all this. They're looking for the realness of Christianity. And that's why many are so amazed when they actually see the real Christianity. When they actually see uh, a Christian behaving and acting and living as though Christ was right there. Because they're looking for that. Now, a relationship is Christ. The religion part, I always say this, uh, Christ is a relationship, not a religion. That's true when it comes to your salvation. 
You know, Jesus Christ, when it comes to our salvation, is not a Baptist thing or, or a Pentecost thing or a Methodist denomination that does not have any factor in our salvation. It's a, it's a Bible thing, all right? It's Jesus. However, with Christ, when we get saved, there comes a religion. Yeah, a religion. And religion is our commitment to the belief that He loves you and that you're loved by Him. It's a faith from the heart. What happens is this. It, it, it proves our actions and behavior in our life. It proves that we love the Lord. Let me read you James chapter 1, 27 uh, before we go too far off here. But first, or, excuse me, James 1, 27 says, Pure religion, pure religion. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Did y'all hear that? Pure religion and undefiled before God is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep ourselves unspotted from this world. That's pretty good. Now that does that does not negate our salvation, now does it? Religion doesn't save us. It's a relationship with Christ. It is that time when we realize, let's get this clear today. Salvation is not by works. It's by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. A simple childlike faith in placing your faith and trust in Him. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. No, shall be saved. And so when we begin that journey in our life and we realize that we can't save ourselves, we cannot save ourselves, our works are as filthy rags. I mean, our righteousness is that dirty, filthy rags, the Bible says. And uh, our sins, uh, uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. They're, uh, the greatest, as great as the, the measure of our Father's love toward us, which we cannot measure, so is great as the gulf of our uh, our goodness to God. We cannot ever ever be good enough where God accepts us on our own. We need Christ. Y'all agree with that? Amen? I'll say this, and really, you know, I've never been to Grand Canyon yet. That's one of our trips uh, one, one day, but if you was at the Grand Canyon, me and Kenny Jones, it's good to see Kenny in the, in the service today, alright? Uh, and if you're good today, you may get some candy, okay? Just want to remind you. You still got the candy bucket? Alright, amen. All right. I may need to borrow some to show my love for my wife. Yes, I, <laughs> boy, am I cheap. Okay, never Forget it. Okay. Well, we're at the Grand Canyon, me and Kenny Jones. All right. And I know Kenny Jones, pretty good jumper, okay? Uh, okay, well, he used to be. Anyway, all right. He's going to jump. He's going to jump. He runs. He jumps. He's going to jump across that canyon. He goes, he goes three feet. And guess what? He, some of the old cartoons like... Uh, like Wiley Coyote, he goes, and then he goes, he goes down, down, down. But hey, I got Kenny Jones beat. I'm much better person at jumping. And so I run and I jump and I give it my all. I mean, I, it looks like I'm like the new Olympic star, and I go four feet. Boy, I deserve a gold medal. But you know what happens? Down I go. I can never, ever, ever 
get to the other side. Even though I'm better than Kenny Jones at jumping. For now. And that's the way many people treat salvation. I can, I, if I, I'm going to try to make it. I hope I can make it. You ain't going to make it without Christ. You don't need to jump. You need a bridge. You need Jesus. He is our bridge to eternal life. He is our, the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by jumping. No, but by me. And that's why the Bible says for all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We cannot make it to, to heaven. We cannot ever be good enough to get to heaven. But by Christ we're saved by grace. And that's, that's exciting. Folks, we need to think about His love and think about what we shall be and think about our love for Him. How is our love for Him? Real quickly as I close out, there's some things that God expects from us. Did you know God expects some things from us? Now, now that we're saved, we're saved by grace. Y'all get that? We're saved by grace through faith. Our, now comes the religion part, our way of behaving. Because it affects the way we behave, it affects the way we act and walk and talk. When you love someone, it affects the way... Uh, that you are committed to Him. You know, if you love your spouse, your wife, your husband, you, it affects the way you behave around them versus other people, doesn't it? You love someone, it affects your behavior. Go, uh, let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. This is real simple here. Uh, little children, 1 John 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Everybody say it with me. That ye sin not. Say it again. That ye sin not. What God expects of us, the behavior, is that we sin not. How many of you have told your kids before, behave yourself? Now, most kids, you know, like, oh, sure, Dad, sure, Mom. But behave yourself. Sin not. Going back to 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 4. It says this, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in Him, there it is, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen Him, neither known Him. Go down to verse 9. Verse 9 says this, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. We are born of God. We are a new creature. We're not the same person we used to be. Now that word commit there, it's interesting the word commit, uh, speaks of a lifestyle that you enjoy. Now, I dare say we all sin here, don't we? We all sin. But that's not supposed to be who we are as a Christian. Praise the Lord, as 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. We are covered by His blood. But as a life in general, as a Christian, we are not to sin. We cannot sin. If a person is happy and enjoying their life of sin, I really question their salvation. 
Because we cannot sin. We are a new creature. God will not ever allow you to be happy living your life contrary to God's Word. Amen. A lifestyle. We've heard the illustration before. If you take a whole hog and stinking hog and clean him up, put a ribbon on him and uh, feed him the finest vittles, it doesn't matter. You put perfume on him, it wouldn't take long for him to go back, go back to the slop and the, the gore and the goo that he lived. Mud and slop. It wouldn't take long. Why? Because that's a pig's nature. Y'all raise pigs? Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever eat pig? Bacon? Praise God for bacon. I'm a Gentile. Amen. But you know what I'm talking about? We had a pretty we had a dog called Ellie. Her name was Ellie. She was our she was our love. She, we had her 16 years, and uh, the boy she grew up with the boys, and the, she was the church dog. I always tell my church, I said, my dog's more faithful to church than some of you are, because she was always there. And uh, but she was a she was a girl. We had Ellie and Kelly at our house, <laughs> and uh, Ellie uh, she had them girly ears. I mean, she's a she's a she was a black lab, and but she looked like a bear. But anyway. Uh, she's a big old black lab and uh, we decided to, to pamper her one day because she's such a good dog we took her down to the vet uh, that they had a time of uh, where they could get her all cleaned up and they gave her a nice bath they, they dried her off really good and spoiled her rotten they cl- clipped her toenails and I mean they just had her all prettied up and they put a pretty little yellow bow on her head now this is a, a, a fat lab okay with girly ears okay and uh, we, we brought her home. She was so happy. We got her out. And you know, I thought, man, this would be, we may even let her in the house. May let her in the house. Just for a little bit. Just to enjoy life as we do. Well, it wasn't long. We looked out there. And that stinking dog uh, started rolling in dog poo. All right? There was some dog poo. I don't know, neighbor's dog, whatever. And start just rolling around in that stuff, and then start running around. And that that dog Ellie got so dirty and stinky and smelly, and uh, you know, just kind of remind us that that's the nature of a dog. Even though we try to clean him up, clean her up, she still goes back to uh, to what she. You know, dogs return to their vomit. We won't get there today, okay? The nature doesn't change but because of Christ we have a a new nature we are a new creature old things are passed away behold all things become new we are no longer the hog we're no longer the dog we are the sheep now we're sheep are kind of dumb but yet we are the sheep we're a new creature sin is not our life it's not who we are this is not what we do that should be our our kind of uh, motivation we don't do that why because i love jesus not because we're baptist not because i go to church but because i love jesus i won't do this or i will do this because i love christ our behavior is supposed to be sin not. Sin not. How do we do that? Well, we overcome sin by His power. Our, not our power, but His power. We find John chapter, John, Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 12. You all remember this one. For as many, but as many received Him, to them gave He power, power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood 
or not of the will of the flesh, or not of the will of man, but of God. We are born of God. Now, a little baby that's in the womb cannot live the human life, cannot walk, cannot run, cannot fall down and get back up. No. Why? Because he's not or she's not born yet. Yes, there's life. But that baby needs to be born so he can walk or she can walk and talk and experience life. So it is with us. We need to be born again. And that power through Christ helps us to overcome sin in our life. Things that shouldn't be. That's why we have the Holy Spirit in our life to help us to overcome those things that we should and should not do or help us to do things that God tells us to do. Overcome by His power. The penalty and power of sin was conquered at the cross when Jesus shed His blood for us. The penalty of sin was paid and the power of sin hey, to overcome was given to us because of Christ. We're not only supposed to not sin, but we're also not supposed to love this world. Back to 1 John. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but, of the, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doth the will of God abideth, there's that word again, abideth forever. We're not to love the things of this world. We forget that, don't we? A lot of times we just need to stop spinning and wasting our passions on this world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. All you have to do is watch Hollywood. We don't have to watch Hollywood. Just look at people in general. Wasting your time on something or someone that will never love you but only use you. Do you hear me? Wasting our time on someone or something that will never love you and only use you. That's the world today. It's temporary. It leaves you in want. It will leave you desolate. That's why we are to love the Lord. Think about His love. Think about His love. Our expectation from God is not to sin and not to love this world. And, and the third thing here, and that is to love one another. And I'll tell you, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. Can I say, someone say amen there? It can be hard to love. You've got to have the supernatural love of God in you to love some people. Now, that's the truth. We're being honest here, but it is the truth. That's why God gives us that power to love. Back to 1 John chapter 3, if you look at verse 10, 1 John 3 verse 10, In this the children of God are manifested and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, and he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 
Love one another. Everybody say it with me. Love one another. Or as Ernest T. Bass used to say, I love you. Everybody turn to somebody and say, I love you. I love you. Listen, we're to love one another. You know, you know when that person is kind of hard to love when you say, I love you in Christ. Yet you, you had those words at the end, I love you in Christ. <laughs> Good, t- uh, tells, uh, good, good sign that uh, you love them, but you love them in Christ. We're not known by how well we dress, how big our King James Bible is, how high you pile your hair up in your head. We're not known by how humbly uh, we are addressed, how many times we say hallelujah. We're not to be known, uh, we're to be known by our love for one another. We are known by love. Who said that? Go back. You'll find Jesus said that. We are known by our love. Our love. I ask you this. Do you really love one another? Do we really love one another? How you show your love? Well, uh, your compassion. You show your concern about others. Be considerate. The Bible tells us to be considerate of others. You know, how can I help you? How do you need help? How are you doing today? Well, most of us say fine, but you know, as a deeper relationship comes, there's probably many struggles in all of our lives here today. How can we help you? How can I help you? We can pray for you, right? But sometimes it takes more than prayer. Sometimes we need to do more than pray. We need, as, a, as, as you've heard, the hand, be the hands and feet of Jesus to help someone. Sometimes all we can do is pray. Sometimes that's, and that's the most important thing, I will say that, but sometimes we need to get our hands dirty and our feet wet and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Showing our love one to another. And sometimes they don't love us back. Hello! Sometimes they treat us awful. Sometimes they stab you in the back or in the gut. Sometimes you shake your head and think, why are they doing this? But we are still to love one another. Is that not what Christ done for us at Calvary? Is that not while he was of the very ones who uh, cried Hosanna, Hosanna to the king uh, a week earlier were the ones who cried crucify him, crucify him? Yet he still loved them. He still said those words, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the love of God. That's the love Christ has for us. And that's the love we have one for another. Last thing here this morning is that God expects us to love Him. Real simple, because He first loved us. If you go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect. In other words, mature. That word mature, perfect, mature. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. In other words, we have the confidence. If you ever study 1 John, you'll find out the word uh, confidence. You'll learn real quick. You'll see that word, confidence and boldness there. That's part of uh, being settled in the identity of Christ, knowing that you're a son of God, knowing that you're loved, knowing that He loves you, knowing what you shall be and and what you are now, what you will be, knowing what He expects us of. There's a confidence there. And so we find here in 1 John 4, 17, 
uh, herein is our love made perfect that we have the boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world we are Jesus in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love and here verse 19 says we love him because here it is he first loved us. Hey, let's read verse 19 together. Here we go. We love him because he first loved us. Let's say really loud here. You little ones, you can say this. It'll be your memory verse today, okay? Here it is. We love him because he first loved us. One more time. We love him because he first loved us. He was the first responder, wasn't he? He was the first responder. We were in distress, needed salvation, not worth saving, not worth two cents, tainted with sin, born as a sinner, but yet Christ knew. He knew. Even before the foundations of the uh, world was laid, he, he, the plan of redemption, the plan of salvation was laid. That old rugged cross was planned it wasn't plan A or B or C. It was the plan. And he did that because he knew that who he created, he would love. That's God. It, it blows your mind to think about it. But when we all get to heaven, when our salvation one day will be made sight, uh, that, we're going to spend all eternity just praising him and worshiping him because of that. He loves us. Folks, think about his love today. Think about what we shall be, not only now, but in the future. Think about our love for Him. Think about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace that brought me through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Great is the measure of our Father's love. Sing it with me. Okay? Think about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace that brought me through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Great is the measure of our Father's love. How could we even forget His love? How could we? Let's not. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hope this helps us today. The key word here is abiding. Abiding in His love. Think about His love. Now we're going to have a time of invitation just to invite you to come. Perhaps you need to come to this altar just to talk to the Lord. Maybe you want to come just to think about His love today. Maybe God has <clears throat> convicted your heart. Maybe there's some things in your life that shouldn't be there and you just need to confess to the Lord today. Whatever it might be, we're not going to embarrass you in any way. We just uh, have this time to come to the Lord and make a decision for Him.
as a Christian. Now, I spoke to the Christian today, but then I also spoke to you here today who are trying to make it to heaven on your own merits and work. works. You, you ain't going to make it. it. You ain't going to make it. You've got to have Christ. And it's not the religion, it's not church membership or good works that save you, but it's a relationship with Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We want to give that time for you to come, and I'll be here at the front here if you need to come and receive Christ. As your personal Lord and Savior, leave out of here a changed person. Won't you do that today? If the Holy Spirit, which he hopefully should be moving upon your heart right now, say yes to the Holy Spirit today and come to Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask you now to take charge of this time of decision. And Lord, across this auditorium, even those that are watching online, God, I pray that you will just uh, uh, speak to their hearts right now. Help us to uh, have a shake-up in our mind and our heart and refocus our love for you. Rekindle our love for you. Help us to think about our love and be excited, anticipate you coming back again when we shall be like you and see you as you are. Lord, help us uh, to uh, be honest about how we, are, how we are acting and behaving and that our love for you uh, should be a, a love that's pure and one that is uh, sincere and real. And help us, Lord, to have our lives clean and pure before you today. Whatever the decisions may be today, I pray you take... A charge, I pray, will be surrendered to the Spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and you come today. Just. Do you know Jesus? That's a good question today. Do you know Christ? Would you like to come today? Receive him as personal Lord and Savior. I tell you what, it is the best decision you'll make for eternity. Once you come, let Lord let the Lord change your life today. How do you come? Well, you come just as you are. Don't clean yourself up and wait. The Lord says, "Now is the day of salvation." Now, right now, you come. How about you, Christian? You're here today. just need to come and pray. Maybe there's some things spoken today that the Lord is dealing with you about. Let's, let's get that settled today so you can walk out of here with a brand new outlook on life. Won't you do that today? We'll sing that verse together here in a little bit. As we sing, you come right now. Come on. Glad you came today. Amen. All right. How many of y'all love Jesus? And how many of y'all glad Jesus loves you? Amen.